Um, I'm half of Kolkati. Um, I have the business with my girlfriend, Kate, and we've been going now for about two and a half years. Um, yeah, so I'm going to talk about how we went from doing sort of odd weekend markets, one-off markets, to going on to do a seven-day-a-week thing, which happened pretty quickly um, for us, basically. Um, and so, yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about how we started. Um, we went traveling around India for five months, and we kind of, I think we had it in the back of our minds that we might want to go on and do a street food thing, so we were sort of doing some really fun research, basically. Um, and then we came back to London, went back to our hospitality jobs that we've been doing for a while, and sort of wanted to, we just threw ourselves into it, basically. I think we applied for a market near to where we lived, without ever having, we didn't have any equipment, we didn't have anything, and they actually got back to us and were like, yeah, you can trade, so we had a month to um, sort of get our shit together, basically. Um, so we'd, we'd done some recipe testing and things like that, but then we had to get all the paperwork, like the insurance and um, all of the NCAS stuff, and make sure that we're like legit to trade, um, and obviously all the equipment, so that's like, some of this stuff you can see here is like our early setup, how it's changed quite a lot really since then, but... Um, just some basic cheapish equipment to um, to get started, um, and that was it. We um, we did our first market as sort of a test trade. Um, we took a couple of cars. We didn't have a van or anything. We borrowed Kate's parents' cars and did all that stuff. Um, and then it was quite a success um, for our first day. So that sort of gave us the confidence to go on and try and find more markets and stuff. Um, I think the next thing that we did, we tried to secure like a regular weekend market. Um, we actually went up to Walthamstow Village Market, um, which was a nice little market. We were selling like 50 portions on a Saturday, which was enough, like more than enough at that point to, um, to figure out our processes. Um, and then I guess from there, we tried to get more, more and more markets, just sort of took every possible opportunity we could find um, and probably said yes to too much stuff, but just kept trying and tiring ourselves out doing it. Um, and then eventually, like maybe two or three months in, um, through meeting Barbecue Dreams, um, they were like, you should come and feed Ollie at King's Cross. So we went down and met Ollie um, at King's Cross and get, brought him a roll in like a basta box, like a hot holding box from home and just like forced it up on him. And then I think maybe like five or six weeks later, he sent us an email and was like, do you want to come down and trade um, at West India Quay? Um, which was kind of the start of us trading much more regularly, really. Um, I was still working full time when I started it, um, just managing in a pub in North London. And um, so it was kind of transitioning. I was reducing that and then increasing the amount of markets we were doing as we went. And then I think we got to, we applied to Curb Camden, never expecting to get into that because we were so new, but they gave us, gave us a chance to do it. And that was a point where it was like, I'm no longer working for someone else, we're working for ourselves. And that's, um, that's kind of what happened. This is more of a recent photo of our setup with Taco Dave, who I think spoke earlier doing his Sri Lankan burritos down at Alchemy Festival. Um, but that's kind of more of our recent sort of setup thing. What am I supposed to do? Perfect, yeah. So um, just in terms of like the journey of um, setting up a street food business, I guess I've talked about some of it, but the basically having the idea, developing the recipes, we felt really excited and nervous, I guess, also about um, actually trading, but we set this deadline that forced us into an uncomfortable situation of having to do loads of stuff really quickly, but that kind of, it kind of worked out. Um, and then we 
got to starting to do the weekend markets, we started to build some better processes, try to make things a little bit easier for ourselves, um, which is always the main thing we're trying to do because um, it can get quite tiring. And then once we started doing four or five lunch markets a week, that's when you really realize this is like super hard work. How can I maintain this? Um, and then starting Camden was then a seven-day-a-week business, and we needed to start getting involved with staff and stuff. We could no longer do it just ourselves um, as hard as we tried for quite a while and should have probably got out of that a lot quicker. Um, yeah, so that was quite a challenging thing. Um, and you have to then be a boss. You've got to tell people what to do all the time. You've got to, you keep on, everything, problems happen all the time. You've just got to learn to try and deal with them. Um, and then I guess the times, this is probably where we still are now, but we're going between trying to push things forward and really um, get our processes down to actually the, like the sweet spot of, it, things actually working and all the like the hard work paying off I guess like all the all the people that are working with you knowing what they're doing and you feeling like everything's in place everything's safe everything's sort of as it should be um, so yeah the things just wisdom I guess just like be passionate about whatever you're gonna do I'm sure you all are already just need to put the things into place to make it start happening um, you need determination. It is really hard work to begin with, and it's tiring. But, yeah, most importantly, I think just meet. If you want to do it, just go down and meet these guys. Go and meet other market managers. Go and meet other traders and talk to people about the, um, like, try and get some little opportunities. Like, it might just be one market, but try and, try and do it. Um, and you don't have to say yes to everything. I think every single street food trader I know has been in a situation well, it happened to me last week where we said yes to one too many things and it's just like you put yourself in a difficult position. So it's just about making the... And at the beginning, you want to say yes to everything, but you can, don't, don't want to run yourself into the ground. I, um, yeah, I crashed my van last week. I reversed it into a, into a fence because like, I'd been forgetting everything. I hadn't had a day off for like two weeks and I was running around trying to source chicken and stuff and then slammed the, back, the boot down on the van it bounced back up, but I didn't realize because I was running around and just reversed it straight into a fence. So that was like, we probably should have just like not been doing the lunch market that day because we should have given ourselves a bit of a rest from it, basically. Um, but the other thing is just, yeah, I mean, all the things that Rob's been talking about and I'm sure the other traders about, um, think of it, thinking of it as a business from day one because the, the sooner you can sort of be doing things properly, the easier it is to expand and to do more stuff. Um, so yeah, establishing a proper business, which is kind of what we got thrown into quicker than we expected. Um, main, I think, yeah, staffing, you have to do PAYE, you need, your, like, you need reliable staff, you need to train your staff, um, and like, staff is the key, I think, for any of, any of this business. It just, if, you've got good, if you've got a good team of people, then it just makes life really easy. If you have a problem or a bad team of people at a certain point, then it can be an absolute hell, basically. Um, getting your accountant in place, I'd recommend getting an accountant like, as soon as you're sort of up and running, unless, you want, unless you've got the skills to do that yourself, which I sort of thought I might have, but then realized it's much better to just get someone else to do it. Um, Business banking, again, if you're going to take this seriously and start a business, the sooner you have a business bank account, you can see everything that's going in and out. It's way better than having like three current accounts, which I think we definitely did to begin with, and then trying to pick up, like figure out who owes who what and how, like all of those silly things. Um, 
risk assessments and due diligence, just all the stuff that Rob was talking about in the talk an hour ago or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, you might have a prep kitchen, you need all that stuff in place for that, and then sourcing suppliers and things like that. It makes, I, I spent, well, we spent quite a lot of time just driving to supermarkets, driving, to, driving all over London, you end up wasting hours just driving around trying to source ingredients when actually just finding some suppliers isn't that difficult and they're actually really helpful and uh, make things very possible. Um, so just wanted to talk about some of the things, the ideas that we had when we first started out and sort of the way that that's developed to how we think about it now. So when we first started, we really wanted to have a USP. We wanted to sell a product. We, we sell Cati Rolls, which is a North Indian paratha flatbread. I should have said that. Um, but no one, no one knows, no one actually knows what that is really. Like a, a very small minority of people know it. Um, as a product. So we, we wanted to do something that was unique because we wanted to trade with people like Curb and we saw all these people doing amazing random products and stuff. Um, and, but now, in, like, in some ways, we want to be more commercial. How can we actually... You need to... Um, so it needs to be appealing to, the, to everyone, to the mass market. And if we just have Catty Rolls written on our stall, a lot of people don't know that, what that is. And we still do that, but we're working on ways of changing that somehow. Um, so, um, also, how many elements can you add to make your product amazing? You want to make it really super interesting, absolutely perfect to begin with, but then when you have to do that seven days a week and you have to do it in multiple locations, you've got to prep all the food for it, you start to think of ways that you can streamline it and, and reduce costs, make life easier. And you don't want to take the really important things, but it's like having a little bit of tomato in a roll super important. And does that actually make a difference when actually prepping tomatoes for hundreds of portions takes like a long time basically um, so we wanted to think about how we would get noticed in such a saturated industry there's so many street food markets so many traders um, and we just we decided to just do everything and that's what got us into this into a situation where we were probably doing too much and not really focusing on um, the things we needed to do just to move forward a bit more steadily um, and now I guess we understand that not every market is for everyone um, and it's important, like there's no point, I, I know there's a trader called Joel from Oh My Dog um, who sells hot dogs and he, tried, he did this for quite a long time trying to sell hot dogs to people on their lunch um, in offices down at Canary Wharf and it just, it wasn't his market. Now he's on the South Bank selling them to tourists and he's like doing that extremely well basically but it's, it's important to realize that your product might not be for every single part of the market. Um, and then I guess to begin with, can you actually make a living from this? And I think if you if you do the right things, it's possible to make a living from it. Um, and now the way that we think about it is how can we flog portions quickly but maintain the consistency so that people do keep coming back um, but actually sell enough portions to cover our costs that increase basically as you're growing. Um, I think, yeah, so I said already our biggest challenges with staff. It's really hard to find good staff at the moment. There's so many restaurants so many jobs going that it's kind of like we're selling the job to the staff rather than them trying to get a job with us, which is weird. But I think that's definitely the way it is for a lot of traders at the moment. Um, the logistics of street foods are really a massive nightmare because we, we've got like a, we've got a shipping container storage unit, we've got a kitchen, we've got Camden, and we've got the van. And having the things in the right place at the right time, so it should be simple, and I think it's it's possible to make it easier, but it's, it's one of the most complex things for sure. Um, staying positive, 
is, yeah, well, everyone needs to try and stay positive, but when you've been doing it, when you've just been working like every single day, having perspective isn't the easiest thing to do. Um, so you've got to just like slow down and look at how you've improved and how things are improving. And usually you can actually see that there is an improvement, but it doesn't feel like it at the time. And the other thing is, um, yeah, working and living as a partnership. I don't know how many of you guys want to do this as a couple or as a partnership, but um, that's, that's tough because you go to the market or whatever, you trade, you trade all day and then you go home and you just talk about it. And then you wake up first thing in the morning and you're sort of like just constantly doing that. So trying to get a balance between work and life in that situation is quite hard. Um, so yeah, these are just some more of those things. It, it is a logistical nightmare but some people are more organized than I am, so I can probably make it work. Um, it's, it's hard work. If you're doing like five, six markets a week, you're unloading the van and um, loading it again at the end of the day. It's, it's, it's quite heavy equipment. It can be quite hard work, so it's worth um, getting more people on board sooner, maybe take less money, but have more people that make it an easier ride so you can actually, in the end, do more stuff. Um, I said, we've said that no one can tell you how, but you are constantly surrounded by other traders and it's the most friendly industry to be a part of I think um, in terms of that and like I just said gaining a work-life balance can be difficult especially because you want to push it so much at the beginning but then on the flip side the positive side of it food makes people happy you you constantly making people happy and it's always a great environment your customers want to be there and want to be a part of this amazing thing that's happening on the lunch markets and things like that um, it's something that keeps on growing. There's constant possibilities of where you can take your business, whether it's doing pop-ups or doing more markets or trying to get permanent sites um, or whatever. There's so many things. Um, you've got to create a free reign. You can work on your brand. You can change your product if you need to. If, it's not, if something's not working, then changing the product is not a bad idea, even within the same sort of ideas. And then the community is, like I just said, is amazing. I think um, any of the street food traders will tell you that. If, we ever, if anyone ever needs to borrow any equipment, we, we have a, there's a group on Slack, uh, called Slack that um, Ollie runs with all the curb traders. So if someone's like, I need a fryer tomorrow, they just put a message on there and someone will be like, yeah, I can lend you a fryer tomorrow. And it's, it, even though we're all sort of, in a way, competing against each other for the trade, everyone's so helpful to each other and it's a really nice... Um, thing to be a part of. Um, so yeah, just in terms of thinking, I know a lot of this stuff's probably been covered, so I'll just rush through it. But um, in terms of making a business from day one, do the things that you really, the legal things that you really have to do. So registering with your local council, getting your hygiene level two certificates for you and whoever's on the stall, basically um, setting up the business bank account, keeping on top of receipts because no one likes a big pile of receipts that you've got to figure out. So if you can do it like weekly or whatever. Or use Receipt Bank, which is a great app for, um, for inputting receipts. Um, working out your costings and stuff, like, it's, a lot of people don't do it to begin with, but I think it's, a really, it's good to know how, how you're actually doing. You know the costs of, and how much profit you might be making from selling each portion. Um, so there's loads of like, spreadsheets and things you can use for that. In terms of scaling up, just think about what, what are you going to be doing in... Like, do you want to be doing two markets a week for the next year, or do you want the possibility of actually doing doubling up, maybe, or doing more than that? Um, VAT is a cost that you will have to pay at some point. So if you 
if you're selling something for five pounds now, maybe think about starting to increase the cost before you hit the VAT threshold so you don't have to put the whole thing on the customer at that stage. I think it's, it's cool to increment it before you get to the stage of PMVAT. Otherwise, your customers will be like, why are you charging seven pounds now for something that you were charging five pounds for before? Um, uh, paying your staff, accounting for it, it's good to have. If your staff are freelance, they can give you invoices. If they're, if they're working for you all the time, get them on PAYE. It's really easy. And, um, and, but it also means you can account for it properly and you don't end up losing those things when you pay the tax bill at the end of the year. Um, thinking long-term and invest... When, what are you going to spend your time on and money on? Is, it, is this the thing that you should be doing that for at the time? Um, user facilities like FSB, Federation of Small Businesses, for legal stuff, NCAS for the um, health and safety and food safety stuff, HMRC, there's so much information on um, sort of structuring your business and tax and all the boring stuff like that. Um, and you can ask all those people questions, ask other traders questions. Um, remember to keep pushing it, but don't, you don't have to rush. Like, it feels at the beginning like every opportunity could be missed so quickly, but really that opportunity will come up again the next week and whatever. It's, it's rare that you'll really mi fully miss an opportunity, I think. And the quicker you do things properly, the easier it is to understand how your business is working, and then you can move things forward. Um, this, is a, that's, this is a costing spreadsheet that I did um, when we first started that's basically just breaking down... So at the top, you could put in the amount of portions that you're going to sell of each thing. So we just had two, two products, and it tells me what I need to have in terms of ingredients, how much it's going to cost, and also the, where I'm going to get it from. So Tesco's is on there. We used to get loads of stuff from Tesco's when we first started out. Yeah. I'm not embarrassed to say. And, um, yeah, so, and also in terms of the costing and things, this is just a way that someone's described... Um, like the cost of a business before, I think it's really good to, to think how much, what percentage of my turnover are the costs, uh, the cost of staff, what percentage is a pitch fee, what percent VAT is around, it's like 16.7% of the thing, but yeah. Um, then, your, then your GP, so you can tell that how, if you turn over like what X amount, how much profit will that be, and obviously your food cost, you can work on reducing that, increasing that. Um, probably reducing is better. So, um, so yeah, the key key lessons that we've learned in sort of growing from a from just doing weekend markets to doing a seven day a week um, business is just about being adaptable. Every situation, every market is different, and don't be scared to change something, or don't be too proud to change something. Often you have to, and you might need to make it more clear or make something yeah just more obvious to people. Um, you can't be a master of everything. If you, the sooner you, if you have a task that's going to take you a long time, can you pay someone else to do it? And will that give you more time to do the things that you actually need to focus on? Um, again, knowing your audience, um, just don't have a ridiculously complicated product that no one knows unless you can explain it really clearly with your signage or, or whatever. And inter yeah, don't look sideways. It's easy to sort of like be concerned about how well other people are doing especially with social media and stuff like that but everyone's going through the same same sort of situations and um and everyone's there to help you out really and that's basically it